Jesus just runs him off, and he doesn't mean to. He loves him, but he speaks truth straight into his heart. And this is one of the saddest stories in Scripture. And uh, so I wanted to read this this morning. Now, a man came to, up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good things must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, obey the commandments. This is interesting. Which ones? The man inquired. Jesus replied, Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. He's probably feeling pretty good. All these I have kept, the young man said. But he can't, he can't get away from what he feels in his heart. I think this is so interesting. By, by all accounts, he's done everything. But in his heart, he knows it's not right. And he says, what do I still lack? And Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. And I think sometimes we get caught up in the possessions and the poor But I think what Jesus is really saying is just follow me and the rest of it will take care of itself. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. I want to read this to you this morning out of the Amplified Bible. It says, And behold, there came a man to him saying, Teacher, what excellent and perfect and essentially good deed must I do to possess eternal life? And the other... In the other Gospels, it says inherit eternal life. But he says, what, what do I got to get to get this? And he said to him, why do you ask me about the perfect and essential good? There is only one who is good, perfectly and essentially, God. And if you would enter into the life, you must continually keep the commandments. And he said to him, what sort of commandments or which ones? And Jesus answered, you shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. The young man said, I observed all these from my youth. What still do I lack? And Jesus answered him, if you would be perfect, that is, have that spiritual maturity which accompanies, and this is it, self-sacrificing character. That's what it is to be perfect, is to set aside myself and to follow Jesus. He said, uh, go and sell what you have. Give to the poor, and you will have riches in heaven to come. Be my disciple. Side with my party. Follow me. He said, he's saying it's not about all these things you do. It's about me. It's about following me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, grieved, and in distress, for he had great possessions. Let's pray. Father, we want to hear what your word says today. Hold on just a second. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I don't want anybody looking around right now. I want you to be dead honest this morning. And say, Pastor, there's something lacking in my life today. 
You know it. You know good and well that it is. And I don't have to tell you. I don't, you, I don't want anybody looking around. I want you to raise your hand this morning. Just say, Pastor, there's something lacking, and I know it. Pastor, there's something lacking. I know there is. Okay, put your hands down. Lord, we come to you this morning. And it's not what we have said, but your word this morning has revealed lack in our life. And Father, today you seek that we would be filled. That we would know without a shadow of a doubt that everything is right with you. That there is nothing lacking between us and you this morning. And Father, today I pray your Holy Spirit would come. And you would make yourself known in a very powerful way this morning. So that we would not have to leave here lacking today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been preaching resurrection, now what? Jesus was talking about the now what long before he was ever resurrected. He was always talking about the now what. And uh, when we come to this scripture here, Jesus answers the question, now what? And the question is always the same, and the answer is always the same, that we must follow him in order to have the things that, uh, that uh, in order to have eternal life. But that's not really the goal. Eternal life is not the goal. Heaven is not the goal. And I think sometimes in the church, we have preached that uh, heaven is the goal. Knowing God is the goal. Knowing God is the goal. And I want you to think and remember this morning, there's lots of stories in the Bible that are, are parables. Where Jesus says this was what was, and he was a make-believe story. This was a real guy. This was a real man that came to Jesus with a real question. And he spoke, and, I, and, and, the, and the thought of this absolutely amazes me, that he is face-to-face with the living God. And it's not a question that he has in his mind, that he's, he's speaking to, to God like that. It's a question where he's standing in face-to-face with the living God, and, and he has this question. And in the other scriptures, in Mark, it says, What must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to possess, to hold on to, to have eternal life? And uh, I've always said this, the question is wrong because you don't do anything to inherit anything. There's nothing you can do to inherit. If you inherit something, it's because you're a member of the family, someone loves you, and someone decided to give it to you. You don't do anything to inherit. If you did something to inherit, then you've earned it. And there is no way that any of us can do anything to get heaven. I don't know what you think you could do. I don't know what good deed in life that you think would be worth uh, inheriting eternal life. But uh, there's nothing you can do. But you have to understand the Jewish mindset. You have to understand where they came from. They had been taught so long and they had so many things in their mind. We have to do, we have to do, we have to keep the law. It's the law, it's the law, it's the keeping that keeps us going. Doing and keeping the law, keeping up uh, appearances. Uh, keeping all the feasts and the celebration, doing, doing was what they did. Doing was their relationship with God. It was the doing that was the relationship. 
There was no trust. There was no love. There was no faith. It was basically a contract. If we do this, we get this. And I want you to know this morning that uh, contract is not marriage. Contract is business. And uh, here in a few weeks, my son is going to marry Bethany. And uh, Luke's really excited about that. And I keep telling Bethany, you've still got time. You've still got time. And Luke's like, what? But I've also told them, and uh, they've been in with uh, another pastor who's been giving them marital counseling. Marriage is not contract. Marriage is not, but people enter into it like contract, except they don't change, they don't uh, put the, uh, the, the, what is it, the, of the contract, the, uh, Terms, the terms of the contract. They don't tell the terms of the contract to the other person. But they have the terms in their mind. And the woman has the terms in her mind. And the man has the terms in his mind. But they don't go about telling each other what the terms are. And so the man says, I'm going to go to work. And when I come home, I'm going to have supper on the table. And the house is going to be clean. And this and that. And that's the terms of my contract. And the woman is like, I'm going to do this and that, and then he's going to sing to me, and he's going to write me cards, and he's going to love me, and all this stuff. But they don't share them with each other. And if you'll do this, I'll do this. Well, I'm going to tell you, marriage is not that way. Marriage is not, I'm going to do this, and you're going to do that. That's a contract. And you can't have contract and have love. You can't contract love. You can't make somebody love you. It's not, it's not possible. And this guy is coming to God himself and saying, I'll do this if I get this. Like God owes him something. I don't think he means to be that way, but sometimes that's the way we come to God and that's the way we think because we think if I do, th- because that's what we do all the time. Everything down here is contract. If I pay this, I get this. If I go here, I get that. And everything is contract. There is, I want you to know, there is no, there's no faith or trust anymore in the world we live in. I recently... Uh, I had I had some puppies I was selling on on the internet, and I had a guy and I and it's 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 an interesting thing I, that I do. I, I've never done this very much before, and it's kind of interesting. I, I ship dogs to New York and Los Angeles. I shipped a dog to Anchorage, Alaska the other day, and it's all by trust. I mean, we've got the PayPal thing, kind of is a contract. But I had a guy from Arizona, and he called me, and he said, how do I know you'll do what you say you'll do? I said, you don't. He said, I don't trust you. And he said, I said, I wouldn't either. I said, I said, there's nothing I can say or do to make you trust me. I say, we do PayPal contracts. I said, it's all written out there. I said, but you have no reason to believe me. And he said, there's so many scammers around He said, I don't trust anybody. Do you understand where the world is today? You understand that nothing is done without contract. Nothing is done without contract anymore. And so we enter into relationships, even with people, and we enter into them contractually instead of covenantly. 
And then after we do it so much with people, it becomes something that we do all the time. And we even enter into it with God. And we enter into it, if I, if I do this, then I expect this out of you. If I go to church and, and do some things like this, then I expect for you to do some things for me. And I expect that when I die, that the preacher will say nice things about me and then I'll get to go to heaven. But we think so contractually because that's the way we are. And that's the way this guy was. That's the way he had grown up. That was his relationship to God was this contract. Do this, 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 and this, and you get this. But somehow in that, somehow in that, the fact that he even walks up to Jesus and asks him that means that there was something in him that said, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be more to it than this. And he had entered into this, and he was asking, what is the price? How much is this going to cost me? I think it's interesting if you get into the Amplified Bible, which, which, which commandments? Which, which ones? He says, keep the commandments. And he goes, which ones? And it's almost like, I really want to do the least that I can do. And sometimes we get into that even in the church. I, I want to do the very least that I can do and still make it into heaven because I, I, I want to do what God wants me to do, but I don't want to do any more than I have to. You know, what kind of a relationship is that? I, I, want, I want to do the least that God has me do, and I want to do as much of the world as I can do and still go to heaven. That's contractually thinking. I want to I pay the least that I can and still get what I want to get out of it. I want to be married to Cindy, but I want to cheat as much as I can and still be married. Which would be none because we're not contractual. But you see how we, see how we come to God? You see how we come to God? I want to still be married to you and have all those things that are great about it, but I want to do the most I can do that I can get away with as most as I can before you divorce me. And that's the way he's coming. Which, uh, which commandments? Which ones, which ones are you talking about? And I think, it's, I think it's interesting that Jesus, he is, he, he comes to him and he, and he goes right where he's at because this guy, this guy's, he's wanting to check off boxes and Jesus just goes right along with him. Jesus doesn't go, what are you talking about? Are you kidding me? Do you know who you're talking to? And so he, he sees what this guy is doing. This guy's keeping track of the rules. And he thinks that God is about, uh, you know, I reward the good and, 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 and I punish the bad. And he's only talking about heaven, and you never once hear him. You never once hear him come to Jesus and say, how can I know God? His whole thing with God is, how can I get to heaven? And how many times do we talk like that? That that is the goal. I just want to get to heaven. I just want to get people to heaven. That is not what Jesus talked about. Jesus talked about people getting to know who God was and get to know who Jesus was. And if you know me, you know the Father, and you need to know me and follow me, not let's all go to heaven. Jesus doesn't talk like that. Jesus said, if you know me, you'll have eternal life. It'll all come, but you've got to know me. 
And he never speaks about knowing God. He just says, all I want is to be taken care of in heaven. And this guy is interested in resurrection, but he's not interested in now what at all. So Jesus starts with something that he can understand, and he says, you know, have you murdered anybody? And I think the guy's probably pretty excited. He goes, no, I haven't. You know, I haven't. That was an easy one. Have you uh, ever committed adultery? No, I haven't. And he starts categorizing his life, and he starts picking up these boxes, and he goes, this is a good... And he starts stacking, and he's got this big stack of things, and he's, he's got all these things in the good pile over here. And I think we do that. I go to church. I've got a good pile. This is going in the good pile. I did this. This is a good pile. And I think sometimes we think that if Jesus doesn't say anything about it, then somehow I'm getting away with it. And I think, and he's just wanting, and he, he almost had it. He should have just stopped. I did this, I did this, I did that. I've done all those things. See ya. He should have just walked away, and he could have pled ignorance. No, he couldn't have. He does all those things, and he says, I've done all those things. But there's something in him that won't let him walk away. Because he knows he's lacking something. This religion that he's had of attending church and of doing the rules and of keeping all these commandments, that has left him lacking. And he would like to just go on and walk away, but there's something in his heart that will not let him stop, and he asks the question, what do I still lack? He's so close. He's so close. And Jesus says, I'm going to tell you. And he talks about something that he holds on to, and he holds on to it dearly, but I don't even think that's the question because he goes on to say, follow me. I think that's the big thing. Because, see, if he would just follow him, he would be able to let go of all those other things that he was holding on to. If he would just follow him, it wouldn't be a big deal about letting go of the riches or anything like that because he would be so in love with Jesus that he'd say, everything is yours. I just want you. I just want you. Because, see, that's what he lacks. It's not the money. It's he, he lacks this following Jesus. And he knew something was missing. And he knew something was wrong. And he came face to face with God. And he says, how do I get this thing I think I want? And he never says, I just want to know you. That should have been the question. How do I get to know you? How do I get to know God? How do I get to become uh, acquainted with him? I know about him, and I know about how he thinks, and I know about the rules and things like that, but how do I get to know him? And this is what happens in church all the time. 
You see, we see people and, and we get on and we get on social media and we see people and we think they've got it all together. And sometimes as church people we, we have faces and we come to church and everything's great. All my kids are great. Me and my wife are great. How are you? Great. And we see that. And we're like, well, man, they, whatever that is, that's what I want. How do I get that? How do I get that? Well, if you come to church and come to Sunday school and sing, everything will be great. And people go, I want that. I want that. That's what I want. They look like they're very happily married. That's what I want. That's what I want. I want, I want to have that. And I should have that. And, and, and we look at our families and we're like, man, my kids are a mess. Their kids are great. Me and my husband, we, we fight all the time, but they're great. And we come to church and we come to life just like this guy. What do I have to do to have great? And the answer in the church is, and we don't mean to be this way, but we have people and they're, and they're outside. They're outside and they're like, how do I get that? Well, if you just come to church, if you just keep the commandments, which ones? Well, you've got to come to church and you've got to sing and you've got to give a little money. And if you came to Sunday school, it would really be great. That would really help you. And I'm just saying... I think there's probably some people here this morning who say, I do all those things. I do all those things. I come, I do, I sing. I, and it's still not great. Can we just be honest at church? Some of you were this morning. I've done all that. See, because this is what the Jewish people were selling. If you just do this and this and this, and sometimes at church we sell that. We don't mean to sell that, but that's what we're selling. It's what it sounds like. It's what it sounds like. If I just do this, then everything would be great. And what we really need to be saying is you got to know Jesus. You got to know Jesus. Is it good to come to church? Absolutely. And we tell you to because we want you to know Jesus. It may not always be the right thing to say. We should just say, you know, you need to know Jesus. You know why, you know why I get along with my wife? is because we both know Jesus and we're both serving Jesus. Is it always perfect all the time? No, but we're both working towards the same thing. And because we both know Jesus, he's helping us in this. Are my kids perfect? No, not by a long shot. Are they doing pretty good? Yeah. You know why? Because they know Jesus. How'd they do that? Because we, we did some of these things over and over again, but mostly we just wanted to point him towards Jesus. Because I'm going to tell you, boy, I hate to say this stuff, because I love the church. I love the church. And I think our heart is right. But sometimes we say, if you do this, and, and I've said these things, and my heart was right, and that wasn't what I meant, but sometimes it's taken this way. If you do this, and you do this, and you do this, and you do this, then you'd be great. 
And some of you have come and done and done. But you're still lacking. Because you haven't let go. And just say, I just want to know Jesus. I just want to know Jesus. Jesus met with another rich man one time. His name was Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus didn't ask him anything. He just said, I'm going to come to your house. And he sat around with Jesus and Jesus talked. And as he talked, he got to figuring out what Jesus was about. And he got to figuring out Jesus' heart about things. And as he sat and ate lunch with him, he saw how Jesus acted towards other people. And what happened was he got to know Jesus. He got to know Jesus' heart. He got to see who Jesus was. He got to see how Jesus felt. He never came to Jesus and said, how do I have eternal life? What do I need to do to get eternal life? Zacchaeus doesn't ask any of those questions. Zacchaeus spends time with Jesus and gets to know his heart and gets to know who he is. And all of a sudden, Zacchaeus stands up and says, I'm giving everything away. I'm going to make everything right with everybody I ever had. Everybody I've cheated, I'm going to pay him back and I'm going to give. Do you see, you see the difference? This guy asks and, and he won't do it. Zacchaeus doesn't ask. He just says, I know Jesus, so I'm going to do it. Two rich people, both of them met with the same God. One trying to get what he could from him. The other one just trying to know who he was. And when we try to know who Jesus is and we try to follow Jesus, it changes everything. And you won't lack anything. You won't lack anything. I want our worship team to come. everybody stand I ask you the question are you lacking something this morning some of you were very honest this morning thank you for that I'm going to tell you what to do this morning don't do another thing don't do another thing. Just say, I believe you're Jesus. And I, wanna, I just want to know you. I just want to know you. Just know who you are. If you came here this morning, maybe you, you came to get something. This guy came and he said, I, 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 I want this. And maybe you have come here before and you've come to church and you say, I want help with my family or, or, I want, or you've come to Jesus and say, I want help with this or I want help with this. And what do I have to do to get this from you? What do I have to get? I, I need money. So God, what do I have to do to get this? I need a job. So God, what do I have to do to get this? You see, we're coming like this guy. What do I have to do to get this? What do I have to do to get great kids? What do I have to do to feel better about myself? What do I have to do to get wealth? Or what do I have to do to get deliverance from this addiction? Or what do I have to do to get help with my family? Or what do I have to do to get my wife to love me or to help my marriage? What do I have to do? What do I have to do? What do I have to do? I have to know Jesus.
It's not about doing. And you know in your heart, and you know today without a shadow of a doubt, that you're lacking. The only way to get rid of that feeling is to know Jesus today. Pray that the Holy Spirit would speak into your heart today. I'm going to pray and I'm going to open up the altar. If you'd like to pray this morning, your prayer this morning should not be, what do I have to do? Your prayer should be, God, I just want to know you. God, come and change me. Show me what I need. Show me what needs to be different in my life. And I'll, I just want to know you today. Folks, I'm going to tell you, there's a spirit of urgency today that has been weighing on me ever since I got up this morning. I It's just pushing on me. God's speaking to you today. Today is the day to say, God, I just want to know you. The doing is not helping. I'm lacking, God. Just be honest with him and say, I'm lacking. I just want to know you today. The spirit is moving. You need to respond to him today. I'm going to pray and then we're going to sing a song of invitation. The altars are open. Lord, we love you today. Father, there are some this morning who is very honest. And Father, we've all felt this way at some time in our life. I'm serving you. I'm doing the things. I'm doing it. But I'm lacking this morning. And God, this morning, your Holy Spirit is so real and so visible upon us today, God. I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name that you would come. That you would draw your people to yourself. That you would draw us into this place. I just want to follow you no matter what. No more just doing. But I'm going to know who Jesus is. And I'm going to follow him. I'll be a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's what he asked for. Let your spirit today, God. We, we ask that your spirit do the work today. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The altars are open this morning.